Yeah. Um, to be honest, I, I've worked, I tend to only work with organizations who have the, are of a, a like-minded uh, kind of perspective. So they understand that it's about empowering that individual, empowering employees to step into their full potential and whether that full potential is going to manifest while they're in our employee or elsewhere is irrelevant because ultimately what you're doing is you're creating a culture that you know people that are going to say great things about and that in and of itself will help you attract that next generation of high performers right so so it's about brand almost brand safeguarding if you will uh in terms of safeguarding your reputation tell, helping people understand that you are invested in the growth and the development of the individual, not necessarily at the cost of the results of the organization by all means, but ultimately you are willing to take the hit if that growth and evolution is not to take place within your company, which is fine. But honestly, once you start to build some of the pieces that we help them build, um, that growth trajectory, they start to see some growth trajectories within the company. They start to understand where there's room to grow. They start to, to see how they can develop and evolve within this organization. We help people, organ, uh, sorry, we help organizations and companies create a culture that, that encourages and supports innovation and wants people, their employees to bring those big ideas to the table and to, to think outside the box. And, and those kinds of cultures that enable and fuel that level of creativity and that level of contribution autonomy will typically not have that much turnover people are going to want to stick around for the sheer you know nature of the culture and uh, that workplace experience martians landed yes. wearing prada suits yes drinking henry seltzer yes chewing juicy fruit yes and your branding here yes brand your message here yes and a verse about yes your product here yes i'm hirsch redmond yes and i'm a message therapist yes and i have a podcast yes brand that's right that's it yes we'll help you fix the world yes or your bottom line all right your bottom line Welcome to the Yes Brand Podcast. Yes. We're in the hot seat at Brand today is my lovely guest, Laurie Duguet. And she comes to us from, from French Canaria. And there is, a, a, we turn off the phone, we don't answer the phone. When we are doing the Yes Brand broadcast, wherever we do it, if we do it in America, in Canada, in uh, Switzerland, uh, in uh, Ethiopia, uh, wherever we are broadcasting from, we adopt the voice of this uh, country and then we are, uh, make the guest feel at home. <laughs> so, Laurie, uh, welcome. <laughs> Welcome. And what uh, do you have to say to our uh, our listeners in uh, in France, in uh, Canada? What would you say to them? Bonjour tout le monde. That's not a very convincing accent that you have there. What are you? I was going to have you speak to me in French, and then I would just answer oui? in English with it. Oh, okay. J'ai so bonjour tout le monde. Ouais. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> yes, yeah, so uh, uh, tell us, uh, you are, uh, okay, so she is from, 
the um, be people powered is your uh, your your company your brand. I realize brand is people powered solutions. People powered solutions. But this is but people powered solutions, and we will get into what it has to do with a lot to do with human resources and helping people who work in that industry and um, really serving to make the workplace a better workplace. And um, but why don't you tell us a little bit about the evolution that's happened? Because we're catching you at a really, really exciting time. And I think it's a cool evolution in addition to having an amazing beautiful logo. If you go to be people powered, be people powered.com and check out Lori's logo. I think you'll be impressed just from that. But, uh, but tell us, tell us what's going on. Well, you're right in that I did recently kind of um, undergo a rebranding of sorts. Uh, I launched this company back in 2017. And at the time I was solo uh, doing my own thing, doing my own uh, consulting stuff. All the while keeping my full time, you know, secure government job. Uh, but eventually I was able and blessed enough to uh, be able to try the gig out full time. And within the first few months, I knew for a fact that I would never be returning to my government roots. Um, happy about that. But uh, all the while, the name I had come up with way back when was the people person because I wanted to be the person that people called when they were having issues with their people. I'm also a certified dispute resolution practitioner. So I do mediation and negotiation, all that fun jazz and help people better manage conflict as well as, um, you know, just the, the more traditional operational HR stuff, setting up systems uh, to better manage your people. But as luck would have it, that's always been like the HR, even and anytime you say HR, people kind of cringe a bit internally because they, there's this very negative connotation attached to yeah. HR in general. You know, that's where you go when you've done things that weren't okay. Right. You're going to get fired. Exactly, right? So I've never been a huge fan, but I really wanted my name and brand to say what I could bring to the table. So I was the people person, HR growth solutions. Fine. Then I was blessed to have these projects that essentially allowed me to improve on the workplace culture. So that more strategic side of HR, that that unspoken organizational excellence, uh, employee engagement and really building the workplace culture to attract and keep high performing employees. So I deep dive. I'm hoping you're going to edit this out. Probably not, but, but awesome. I, I mean, I can, I can, awesome. if you want, if you, there's a form you can fill out that allows us to uh, oh, edit. You know, you know how great I am with form. Yeah, because you're so good at that. So there's a form you have to fill out. And uh, if you do that, sure, we can make all the edits you want. So uh, sorry about that, folks. Looks That's like right. that will be edited out because I do not do forms. So anyways, um, I, um, uh, eventually started to see that I was doing a lot more of the strategic type HR as opposed to the operational HR. So I started to think about, you know, how the fact my name really kind of translates to the operational stuff, which is essential to any organization by all means, but didn't necessarily reflect what I brought to the table, that unique value proposition that I was bringing to the table. So at 4 a.m. about uh, two months ago, I woke up literally and I thought, oh, I need a new name. Because I've also, you know, the business has organically grown over time and I've now added people to the mix and I have, you know, associates who work and support a lot of the work we do and enable us to achieve kind of our, 
our vision as an organization. So decided to rebrand and thought, you know, what is it we're trying to do? We're trying to help organizations transform to a more people-centered approach to, to, for them to leverage and harness the power that their people bring to the organization and help them recognize the most important customer of all is your internal customer because mm. they are those who are serving that external customer. So you need to tend to uh, their experience and you need to craft a highly engaging and highly motivating experience. And they have very specific needs and it's not rocket science, right? So uh, to understand what are those needs and then we can come in and help them uh, really map out how to start to infuse more of those uh, more of the the processes within the employee experience that are going to help satisfy those needs so I realize that ultimately I want people to in organizations and companies to become people powered powered by their people Hence the new name, People Powered Solutions. Super long story and a, and a, a flip in the middle. That well, you know what's what's wonderful, though, is that it didn't have to be. Um, you could no. I, well, what I mean that in the best way, it's people powered is really speaks for itself. It does. The people person would have had to become the people people, which starts to sound like a kind of a, a horror movie that went wrong. You know, the people people that but. But people it sounds like carnivorous, right? <laughs> yeah, that's what it sounds like. Yeah, I didn't make it up. That's what it. That's the. But but people powered is great because it does. And I remember when we met, you, you we we this discussion came up about HR and the language behind HR and how it's just got this negative thing, and you, you wish there could be something that could be used to replace it, and. um and people powered and people empowerment and people, you know, all of that stuff is really, really good, especially these days when people have come through a pandemic and then maybe decided to change careers, mm -hmm. shift gears. Um, so now your clients are um, now you come from the from a government, you know, working in government background. So what kind of clients are you working with now? Uh, right now, uh, my clients are, are, are primarily private sector, corporate, uh, small, medium to, you know, a lower end of large upwards of, you know, I've got clients who have 30 employees and I've got clients who have 1500 employees. Mm -hmm. So that's about the size. Um, I do also, ironically, I also have some government clients, some healthcare clients. Um, so I'm able to kind of work with them to craft that next generation of workers experience to make it better so that they don't end up where I ended up completely stuck and unhappy and completely checked out of the workplace right so it's kind of a unique opportunity to to work with the organization that I'm super grateful provided me with 21 years of career right and, and right. experiences and knowledge um, and to be able to help do better for that next generation of workers and also for those who are still there and might be checked out. But with some of the initiatives we put into place, they're able to check back in. Check back in. Check we, back. You can join our check back in program, uh, <laughs> which is you just uh, you get right back to your desk. And if you come back here again, I'm going to kick your no, you know, like the the phenomenon that's interesting is as we become more involved as you know employers the employer employee relationships and all that stuff that there are uh people like you who will help an organization 
retain their uh, their workforce, keep the workforce growing and happy and thriving. But part of that is is in some cases saying, okay, let's look at your long term vision for your career and what you want to do. It may not be here, right? You may not be here forever. And so at the same time, you're helping people possibly transition out. Mm -hmm. um, and how does that, how do the employers, how does everybody deal with that notion? I think it's great. I think it's awesome and it's smart because if you make people happy, the happiest they can be where they are, then they'll know if they're not, if it's not for them, they'll be like, look, I really love you guys. You people are wonderful. It's great benefits. I just am feeling drawn toward this, but how do uh, the employers uh, deal with that when they go through such trouble to get someone. Yeah, um, to be honest, I, I've worked. I tend to only work with organizations who have the are of a, a like-minded uh, kind of perspective. So they understand that it's about empowering that individual, empowering employees to step into their full potential, and whether that full potential is going to manifest while they're in our employ or elsewhere is irrelevant because ultimately what you're doing is you're creating a culture that you know people that are going to say great things about and that in and of itself will help you attract that next generation of high performers right so so it's about brand almost brand safeguarding if you will uh in terms of safeguarding your reputation tell, helping people understand that you are invested in the growth and the development of the individual, not necessarily at the cost of the results of the organization by all means, but ultimately you are willing to take the hit if that growth and evolution is not to take place within your company, which is fine. But honestly, once you start to build some of the pieces that we help them build, um, that growth trajectory, they start to see some growth trajectories within the company. They start to understand where there's room to grow. They start to, to see how they can develop and evolve within this organization. We help people, organ, uh, sorry, we help organizations and companies create a culture that that encourages and supports innovation and wants people, their employees to bring those big ideas to the table and to, to think outside the box. And, and those kinds of cultures that enable and fuel that level of creativity and that level of contribution autonomy will typically not have that much turnover. People are going to want to stick around for the sheer, you know, nature of the culture and uh, that workplace experience. Now, looking at your own career and you made this, you know, this transition to uh, being an entrepreneur, I guess, solopreneur at, at, at one point. Yeah. yeah. Mm -hmm. And then it's grown, but now you're, uh, you're leading a team, but you're, it's still yours and you kind of can set, like you say, you can work with like-minded individuals. Um, you know, what is the trend now? Are you seeing people wanting to find work with big organizations? Are they wanting to strike out on their own with some new paradigm? I think we are seeing a shift. I absolutely seeing a shift. Uh, that, that paradigm, that new paradigm is there. It's a reality. People are uh, just that whole gig economy. Like people want to do their own thing, work on projects that fuel their purpose, their passion, uh, and, and, and figure out a way to make money <laughs> with that. Yeah. Right? 
and to, to make a living off of that. Uh, I'm actually currently coaching, I think like six different people, three of which are, are ex-colleagues from government who are still in government and are kind of planning their exit strategy and want to be doing some consulting. Uh, and the other three are just people who have realized they were stuck. They were just feeling stuck in their jobs. And after having worked uh, and, and coached them through a number of sessions where they realized that, yeah, you know what? My company is trying its best to satisfy my my motivational needs, but ultimately I don't think it'll ever be a fit. And so they're right. trying to figure out what that next chapter of their career might look like and, and how do they get prepared for it. And ultimately they're thinking that solopreneurship initially, of course, uh, is, is that next step for them. So I yeah, definitely like so many people approach me now and say, how do you get to where you're at? How do you leave that company of like that corporate job of 20 years and transition into entrepreneurship and, you know, never look back? What does that even look like? What does that journey look like? And I'm seeing so many people reach out and ask that question. Yeah, that's pretty. Um, that's like a part of it is we notice with our friends as well that, you know, they may not intend to be coaches when they set out to do their new path, but people will say to them, oh, how did you do it? And then they're like, well, I, you know, it was a process. And they're like, well, can you take me through the process? And boom, you know, you're coaching as a kind of a, it's both another, another avenue of, of lending your talents to something, but it's also giving back to people who are trying to do what you did. Do you have a, uh, a perspective on how long it takes um, a person who is from the, you know, from the, from not necessarily from the civil center or, you know, from the government center, but just someone who's been working in an institutional setting for a long time and then wants to strike out on their own, what can they expect? What can they expect? You know, I think it's a really, it's a bit more complex of a question, Hirsch, in that it depends what kind of baby steps they put into motion prior to making their final, taking their final leap, right? Like I had went back to school to do my post-grad. I was already taking on uh, consulting clients. So I think that my, I guess the, the evolution happened much faster than it traditionally might because I had already built my, my brand, my reputation while continuing to work full time as a side hustle, right? And then only once I realized it was too busy, the demand was far outweighing the amount of time I could invest while working full time that I took my year off. And I think because I built it up to that point before I took the leap is why I saw like rapid growth within two years, right? Um Typically, I would say five years safely. You're, mm-hmm. you're looking at three to five years. You need to build your brand. You need to really dial in on your messaging, dial in on what you bring to the table, figure out what it is you want to be offering, which is often the biggest. Interestingly enough, a lot of my clients that I coach, they'll come in and they're like, I just know I, I don't want to be working for the man anymore. Or sorry for a <laughs> right? Like, right, right. Yeah. What, what could I offer? <laughs> so, yeah. so if you're starting there, for sure, five years, because you got to start yeah. by figuring out what it is, you know, that you, you're really passionate about, what you like, what you could be offering, and then build in those, you know, build up those service offerings around that and then start to test a few out, pilot a few out and figure out whether or not they're landing. One of the mistakes I made early on is that I was waiting to get all my ducks in the road to just even get that first side hustle gig. Cause I was like, no, 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 I got to build this, that, this, that, this. And when that's all ready, I'm going to roll that out. And someone um, I'll never forget. She, her name was Lori too. 
Mm. I've not met a ton of Lori's in my life. And Lori said to me, what are you waiting for to just take on that first client? And I said, well, I got to make sure I've got everything, you know, all these packages and all these offerings ready to roll. And she's like, how do you know that's what they're going to want? Start yeah. with the clients, start with their needs, start to be curious about their needs, try and understand their needs, and then build your offerings relevant to what you're hearing. And I thought that was really insightful. And I, I took on the first client right after that, and I customized their solution, and then just continued going that route for all my right. Life. Right. And that's smart because you, you, you're you allowing yourself flexibility. That's the, the best thing you can have at that stage, yeah. you yeah. know, is yeah. saying, okay, I'm going to, I'm going to see how this goes. Let's touch on the conflict resolution part um, of this. Cause it's interesting. I think of it obviously makes sense. And as far as, you know, people and the workforce and, mm-hmm. uh, and employers and employees. Oh, by the way, is, so is, is there any change in the nomenclature around like employer employee? Is that a company to company thing or do are it is a set- company to company thing? And Hirsch, I'm struggling with this as I'm writing my book. I'm like using worker, employee. I'm like, what, what, what? And you know what? It's people. They're all people. Yeah. Ultimately, they're team members. I, I, I don't know. I, I don't think there's a right or a wrong way to name it. And if, if there's been a change, I've not been privy to it. Yeah. <laughs> and I might suffer the consequences when my book comes out. So I'm just using a splash of all of them in the book. So right. That well, I that's, make sure that I'm satisfied that's a safe bet. That's a safe bet. You say, well, I, were, I wasn't referring to you. I was referring to the burden carriers. <laughs> well, it's the same are, thing as uh, like supervisor, leader, right? right? Some smaller mom pup shops, you say leader and they're like, no, no, I have supervisor and project leads. Like, that's, right. I don't even have managers. Like it's, it's the language is irrelevant. At the end of the day, do people come to you for answers or for guidance? Yes. Well, then you're a leader. Now let's start there and yeah. help you shift your mindset and pivot that mindset to that leadership mindset. Well, I have that conversation with people about, about leadership and thought leadership and what that really means. Does, you know, who determines that whether you're a leader or not. And I think your point is really good, which is that if you're actually, if people are following you, then you're a leader, you yeah. know, that's pretty sure. much, that's pretty much it to be a leader without any followers doesn't necessarily make sense. Right. I'm going to change it a bit. Oh, okay. In my ideal world, if you're someone and people are following you, then you're boss. Oh, okay. Well, if you're, if you're at the back and helping people keep their eye on that end goal of where they're supposed to be going and you're leading from behind then you're a leader. Well, that's also very well said. Although in my last job, I they were all following me, um, except my job was to show them where the restrooms were. And so I, I wasn't the boss of that organization, and yet I was leading. So they said, you know, and how I got this gig as a podcaster was, I I told the I told the people who were who were hiring uh, podcasters. I said, um, I'm looking for another leadership role. And they said, uh, you know, well, how many people have you led? And I said, well, I've I've led thousands, you know, not telling them how many people came into the museum on a given day. But I was you were giving so, them water, right? To make yeah, sure that you led even more. I and I said, and I said, well, I, and what have you learned? They said, what have you learned in all of this, uh, your experience as a leader? And I said, well, you can, 
You can lead people to a water fountain, but you can't make them drink. And you also can't keep them from getting water on their blouse. That's just part of the thing. But man, was it hard during COVID getting work. None of the none of the water fountains were even functional at that point. So look, this is I could go on and on. I could go on and on with this story, but it's not true. And so it probably would, you know, <laughs> lead a, to a lot of confusion. Lead to a lot of confusion. Okay. I wanted I, I got myself sidetracked. <laughs> you didn't <laughs> sidetrack me. I said I wanted to talk about uh, conflict resolution. That's right. Um, That's where it started. That is that is it had, and and I was in I cut myself off and inserted another. So how did the conflict resolution thing start? Did you get in a lot of fights as a kid? Is that what it? Oh yeah, what it was. Can I follow your lead and and, and yeah, sure, yeah, make up something. All the sure. Time. No, actually, uh, interestingly enough, when I started university here in Canada, we don't do. You, I think you guys, it's all college, eh? You guys, like university or college? We have all- colleges history. and we have universities, and okay. they're equally okay. worthless. I'm just well. I don't, it's not really true. Just I can only speak from. No, it wasn't my my experience was good. Okay. I, mm. So so when yes. I started university, yes. I was go. I was undergrad law. I wanted to be a lawyer. Oh. And I quickly realized within my first year that this notion of uh, trying to figure out the other party's weakness and capitalizing on that weakness, that hole in their story, and that's what I'm going to pounce on. And that was just it went completely against the grain of who I am as a person. So I switched my major to humanities and I started talking with people to see, you know, but I still like, I actually want to do the opposite. I want people to work together to Mm. solve their problems. I want to get them talking. And I, you know, is there not something I could be doing relevant to that? And I didn't want to do like couples counseling or anything like that. Uh, So someone mentioned mediation and I started researching it. And at the time there was supposed to be this program implemented throughout Ontario, which never actually came to to be, but uh, that would, before you could file a claim in small claims court. So like to sue your neighbor, you had to prove that you'd underwent a minimum of three hours of mediation. So I was like, perfect gig. I'm going to go get certified in that all the while continuing my university studies. And then when this rule comes into play, I'm just going to start my my gig as a mediator. That's that's what it is. So I ended up starting my mediation practice as a side hustle while I was still in school full time. And uh, apparently, you know, I don't know why, insert eye roll, (laughs) wanted to go see a 19 year old (laughs) to resolve their divorces. Oh, wow. Yeah. See the value. So, um, honestly, I think it has to do more with credibility and just authority and, and, and how at that age, eh, you're a little, yeah. anyway, so I ended up that job led me, that business led me to be approached to get a job with government, uh, mediate, well, not mediating, negotiating contracts and whatnot. And 21 years later, I was still there. You know? Yeah, exactly. And you were, so, yeah, feeling- I started there. And then my first contract, when I started my side hustle was a conflict resolution. <laughs> I love the fact I love the fact Lori that you call it a side that you use this side hustle thing. Yet you with your bearing and I don't know if everybody can watch the, the, the people see this on YouTube will see how well put together you are and how well you present and all of this stuff but the idea of my side hustle cuz <laughs> everybody has one now the side hustle. And you when I first heard the phrase side hustle it sounded a little bit sketchy right like oh how do you how well his side hustle is he sells uh you know cbd cream and you know he goes uh, 
you know, bath before it was legal, before it was legal, <laughs> it was CBD cream. And he's got the THC. This is side hustle, side hustle. You know, like you open the jacket and you got a bunch of watches in there. But now a side hustle is, you know, um, yeah, I, uh, I work in, uh, I work at, I work as a therapist, but I also am, uh, have a law degree and I, and I do, uh, mediation for couples as my side hustle. It's kind of my side. <laughs> well, if you want a better side hustle, which I also did, and we're not gonna, we're not gonna go deep into, and I still actually do. This better be good. <laughs> <laughs> I sell Mary Kay cosmetics. Oh, you sell cosmetics. Okay. I love the way you, you've said that like this with your hands over your face as though that's going to change anything for the listener. I <laughs> I don't want, we're not going to tell this to everybody, but I sell Mary Kay cosmetics. <laughs> um, well, I, I, again, that, yeah, but that's a side hustle. That's a side hustle. Now I have a, a very good friend who's, whose entire career is in cosmetics. So I, that's not her side hustle, but it, it is exactly. a selling cosmetics is a, is a side hustle. I think I'm I'm like all side hustle. Everything is everything feels to me like that's why I started the Yes Brand podcast was to consolidate uh, comedy, um, working with brands, communicating, interviewing, all that stuff under one roof, so to speak, so that I I wouldn't have to feel like anything is a is a side hustle. But you know what happened? Everything else is a side hustle. Man. All the other <laughs> hustles, all the other hustles are a side hustle. My other side hustle is as as a parent. I was gonna say, your <laughs> being parent, a parent, being a parent is a full time side hustle. Guarantee. So we that both doesn't have, feel like a full, like a hustle. Though. We both have kids. No, it's a we're being hustled. <laughs> That's we're being what hustled. it. Yeah, it's their they hustle. Have the hustle. They it's have their the side hustle. hustle. Go back they to when you were. Us. When you were 19 years old and yep. you're like, your side hustle was as a, as a marriage counselor. <laughs> Basically, I know that's not exactly what it was. Mediator. Okay. Mediator. Listen, listen, we don't, we don't have, you know, like, I don't have you, I have you booked for a certain amount of time. I, I'm not, I'm not allowed to, I, you know, like, like some of our friends do where they just, uh, they just pick it up the next day and the next day after that, you do like three or four sections of their podcast. I'm not going to mention names but i think he knows yeah. who he is well um, were you just talking about heckling oh heck no i'm not gonna heckle anybody because i give a heck yeah yeah exactly exactly i give a heck <laughs> that's a shout out to our beloved buddy dwight heck whose show give <laughs> a heck is a one of our favorite podcasts so Absolutely. um so uh and he's anyway, a canadian so he you is know. he is yeah. but he lives in edmonton correct yeah, I don't think there's any snow where he's at, though. Yeah, he's got he's probably got better weather. Well, listen, before we go, I would be remiss if I didn't give you the opportunity to share with our audience um, a little, you know, a little word of advice. A lot of a lot of people are they're either building businesses or making moves. You know, that's where that's where this audience is at right now. So yeah. a little a word of advice uh, that you would you would possibly leave our listeners with. Was that was that question on the form that I didn't fill out? Because I'm kind of feeling on the spot here. Yeah, that like... probably no. I didn't. Ask, I don't ask that in advance. The other <laughs> questions, the other questions had to do with uh, how do you define a side hustle? Um, <laughs> do you sell Mary? Do, do you sell Mary Kay cosmetics? <laughs> and um, yeah, and what's it like to raise teenagers? Um, yeah. Okay. 
So a piece of advice, um, I would say build a network, find your community. For me, that was game changing. Uh, being a solo entrepreneur can be very lonely. I know it's, you know, it's in the name. We should be aware of it's, it's par for the course, if you will. But ultimately, uh, just ensuring that I connect myself with like-minded people who are at a, 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 you know, varying stages of their business building. So I have, you know, people that I'm, like I said earlier, that I'm coaching along, they're at the very kind of primitive stages of their business uh, and building their business while I'm also, you know, uh, I connect with those who are eons ahead of me. So I'm a firm believer of never being the smartest person in a room, right? And surrounding yourself with a variety of perspective and a variety of experience and expertise. So if you can build a, a network uh, and a community that will hold you accountable, but also that you can help connect to each other and to support each other through some of your challenges, it just, you know, the more variety you bring to the table, the more innovative the solutions uh, that they'll, they'll be able to generate for some of the challenges that you'll encounter early on, or just even if you're already, you've been in business for a while and you're still contending with some challenges. I think the, the more varied the perspective, the more um, impactful the solution. If you liked the show, yes, and it worked for you. Yes, and subscribe and leave a yes, five-star review. Yes, friend. tell all your friends. Yes, friend. get your branding here. Yes, friend. get your branding here. Yes, friend. did I make it clear? Yes, friend. get your branding on. Yes, before they're gone. Yeah. Huh?